Welcome to Game Theory and Money, our off-week Pro Bowl slash All-Pro edition as we get ready to uh, make our way out to Atlanta for Super Bowl 53. We now know who will be playing, and Cynthia, as you ran 20,000 simulations uh, on those games, the AFC and NFC Championship, uh, you were so close. So close to predicting the Super Bowl participants from the preseason. You had the Saints and the Chiefs, and boy, it slipped away uh, in overtime. How are you feeling today? Um, a lot better than it was on Sunday. I was inconsolable, and I acted like a big baby for, you know, the better part of a couple of hours. <laughs> I refused to leave and to, like, talk to anyone because <laughs> I felt robbed. But I did feel like I'm not mad at the model or myself or whatever, however you want to put that, because I think most of the things were at least, you know, storyline and the things that mattered did matter, and obviously it didn't go my model's way. And yeah, I, arguably the yeah. Uh, the biggest missed call in the history of the NFL, combined with a, I don't know, maybe two to two and a half inch neutral zone infraction away from uh, being right and having your preseason prediction make its way out to the uh, Super Bowl. So, yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. Model, I don't think anybody's coming after your model today. Well, Patriots, the, well, let's, uh, be, let's be honest, Patriots fans who well, had some fun on Twitter, they can do it. Yeah, they're <laughs> a little bit. A little yeah, bit. Oh, you're counting us out. No, nobody ever counts you out. No, the Patriots. I didn't but, count uh, you out. It was like it, 53%. Yeah, it's okay. Tom Brady threw an interception when a guy lined up in the neutral zone by two inches. Okay? He was. Uh, he got himself a little uh, unsportsmanlike or whatever, uh, roughing the passer when it wasn't there anyway. Uh, it is what it is. One, <laughs> it is one, it is. one or two plays do not determine a game. I, I was certainly way off base with my Chiefs are going to route the Patriots prediction, though, as we see they just seem to have the perfect game plan week in and week out. And I know next week we will get to our Super Bowl predictions, specifically your Super Bowl predictions. Let me but, tease uh, this a minute one... for you. Let me tease this a minute for you. Um, yeah, I've already started to run, and I've already done, enough, uh, you know, obviously I do after every game, I look through the computer vision to add the unique stats that kind of make my model different from everyone else's. And I'm going to tell you, I, my my model is was surprising. So the 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 early okay. early indications, wow, like different from my gut. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I guess as I try to kind of reconcile, you know, what happened in the championship games, I just think, you know, I know again, I totally get that one or two plays do not make a game, but I just can't help but wondering how the Saints could not be ready for a fake on uh, when they're up 13 nothing and you're near midfield. They did that the week prior. Of course they, they should I mean, have they been ready it, for they, it. They've done it eight or nine times this year. It is just so strange that uh, they kind of fall into the same trap. But I guess there's a reason why teams keep doing it, right? They they see something or they don't see something, and the Rams are very good at that. So you credit them for uh, for making that play. If they don't make that play and they turn it over there at midfield, I have a pretty good feeling that that game looks considerably different uh because of the fact if you fall behind 20 nothing i think that's a lot different than 13 to 3 um in the middle of the second quarter yeah look the other thing i found was interesting is obviously not one one particular play determines the entire outcome of the game there were a number i mean obviously the the chiefs patriots game there were so many things that both ways were just ridiculous from refs calling not calling laser pointers not laser point all the stuff was it 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 it, it feels crazy it's it was a crazy week but one thing that's interesting is when you go back to recast the you know the play calling at the end of the Saints game it was interesting to me because that one first down the at the end of the game that Drew Brees threw basically into Michael Thomas's feet 
right? That you can, you connect on that pass, and it's you, a completely different game. And that's like one of the highest probability passes for a guy who catches like eighty percent of his ball. Like, the, so there was some. And for other someone who too. set a record, by the way, for highest accuracy in a single season, <laughs> and exactly. he's got a wide open, quick slant inside route. Michael Thomas never drops anything. Or if he would have run the ball there. I mean, look, there's just a, you can never I mean, I go back and play onesie twosies. You can never go back and do that. But like, you know, it's, look, I, I was, I was bummed because I just wanted to be right. Sure. <laughs> but Hey, at least you admit that. It's yeah. all, you don't care about the fans. You don't care <laughs> no, about Drew Brees' legacy. It's not a fan thing. You don't thing. care about it's watching Pat thing. Mahomes on Super Bowl Sunday. You just wanted <laughs> to be right. I'll, yes. I'll share, I'll, I'll kind of wrap with, for me, with this for you, because I mentioned this, I do a radio show every day. So of course you have to figure out things to talk about. And this is the one thing that, it stuck out to me. Tell me if you would uh, agree with this assessment. My radio partner was, I would say, lukewarm to it, um, and he is slowly starting to come around and warm it up. Um, but I said what it reminded me of was um, the Steve Bartman play. And you've got a team that is in a high percentage win probability moment. Uh, the Cubs were up 3 nothing. They were up three games to two. They had five outs left to make, and they were shutting out the Florida Marlins. The Bartman play happens. Moises Alou freaks out. He slams his mitt on the ground. He's screaming at the fan. Dusty Baker comes out, and he's yelling and screaming about fan interference and that it should have been an out. And emotionally, the team just unraveled. Alex Gonzalez, who had not made an error, made a single error at shortstop all season long, boots a routine double play grounder, and the team falls apart and they lose. And to me... Sean Payton could not have behaved worse in that moment. When he chases down an official and screams at the top of his lungs, that is a Super Bowl call, essentially indicating to me, you just cost us the Super Bowl. And that then leads to that emotion flowing through his entire sideline. And a team that is up three, you tell the Saints, hey, you have the greatest home field advantage in the playoffs in all of the NFL since 1992. You have not lost a game there. And I'm going to give you a three-point lead. And the Rams are going to have one timeout and 100 seconds to work with. You want to sign up for that? Without those circumstances, they would say, absolutely, I'll sign up for that. Number one, number two run defense in the league. We've been shutting down their run all game long. Absolutely, let's go. And I think it got away from them emotionally. I know numbers can't necessarily quantify emotions and players being upset and not being able to let go of a play. But to me, I thought that was the biggest difference in that game was the behavior of a leader of men who's supposed to set the tone, losing his S and and continually going after those officials before that game was over instead of saying, hey, guys, we got hosed. They're not going to change the call, so who cares? We, we got a three-point lead and 100 seconds. Go stop them and whatever. It doesn't matter. Let's go. And that was not the way he approached that situation. You know, it's interesting because if he hadn't had that reaction and that, like, big, huge reaction, like you you know, like you pointed out, I don't – like, maybe we'd say the other thing, right? Like, he didn't he – didn't, get mad enough, right? Like, I don't know how, what the right But they're not going to change the call. Is. They're not like, going to change a call. Right, right, right. Not they're not going to change a call. I know he's on the competition committee, and eventually they could change a call, something like that. But, like, probably In not, that right? moment. In that moment, you, nothing yeah. was going to change. No, you're totally right, but it, it's just interesting because it's like we, we, we ding people for not seeming mad enough or not being, you know what I mean, not you or I'm I I'm just thinking about how to but, win the game. How to how yeah. to how to state your your case to your players to get them to move past because he's right. I mean, it was it was the worst non-call in the history 
of, I think, of playoff football. I mean, you're talking about a team that would take knees and kick a field goal to go up with eight seconds left. That's all the Rams would have had left to try to tie that game up. So, yeah, I mean, that's how big of a difference that call was. Um, but you you got – I mean, I hear I hear well, quarterbacks look, coach Shane Steichen say it all the time about Phillip. Dude, move on. You have got to move on to the next play. You have no choice because nothing's going to change. You can't help but – maybe harken back to last season and you know they were one play away there too minnesota <laughs> right you know that kind of thing right, exactly happened it's again. like it, you know there's there's it's hard to not do that to not factor right. those things in. i don't know i i think look i'm more mad about d ford lining up in the neutral zone than a missed call because and i know that sounds crazy because I don't know. There's a certain amount of randomness with missed calls, and you you never know when. I I don't know that. But like line, alignment for a guy that is going to be one it's of the, that wide. Like come on, you know, like that. That's, those, it's a, it, to me. That's yeah. That is that is an egregious flag to throw when when he's lined up that wide and he was in that position. And then it, to me, that's one where the referee holds on to that flag for two to three seconds mm-hmm. just to see. Hey, is this guy going to impact the play? Uh, because then at this moment, is he going to impact? And he didn't. He had no impact on the exactly. play. He was exactly. lined up wide outside, you know, in the neutral zone by maybe two to three inches. And because, I'm with you. Because one to me is like, like, look, if something happens in a split second, you can have a different perception of it in a split second. But the, the beginning of a play is a lot more. You have a you have a chance to like take a breath and look at it. You know, so yeah. that I don't know. So I, ugh, I don't want to go back to my my state of mind on Sunday because I had I had to do a lot of work to get out of that. But I, uh, it's a long run. <laughs> a <lot> yes. of... <laughs> All right, we we will move past. Oh, we, will, we will stop looking back. So uh, we've got to move on. We, we will look forward. On. Now that gotta, that analysis move on. <laughs> or complaining is done. We now uh, just a quick look uh, at Pat's Rams. Anything yep. you want to share? Just a little nugget before we get to it next week. You know. After seeing so many points scored in both games, now I know actually I will give the monarch credit for being directionally correct about the magic key number in both of these games. But after seeing so many total points scored in the past two, I think that it's going to come down to the trenches in this one for sure. Like there, there's so much indication about O line play, D line play. That's going to be the absolute like stage setter for all of it. Run games, like b- ground and pound, like more traditional football kind of things and seeing like total, you know. Even though that didn't really come into play yeah. in the Saints-Rams game, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. But, well, it did. The, it both did. defensive lines um, got the advantage over the run over the run offense. Yep. Um, both run games were completely shut right. down. So, um, so it's really, that's going to be a huge, because look, you know, just some things that early, some early things that have come out is like Pat's line is actually like sneaky as a unit. So when I was creating this all pro, all these all pro selections for our version of all pro, um, I looked at units and then I looked at individual player contributions and I created, that's funny. I did the same thing. <laughs> perfect. And I've created like a, not war, but like kind of a, a version of contribution effect to, and I'll explain it after, you know, when we, when we get into this yeah. more, but contribution effect to kind of overall wins and losses. So for example, the Jags defense over indi- like they should have won more games than just five because their defense was so so in the plus column, but their offense was so in the minus column, so it ended up netting out to their five wins or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Right. But the O-line for you know for both of, uh, both of that, these teams. The interior teams, of that O-line for New England is spectacular. It, it's so interesting. Both like Trent Brown lately has been playing really well too, so that means that you know, perimeter yeah, he's been a lot better so so it's like who's like who's got the up air at the right time and both of these right. o lines are really they're going to yeah. be the key to all of it 
Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Uh, you can take your pick, whether it's knees, backs, no uh, kidding. something worse. What's wrong with you guys? We're, we're idiots. We're animals. <laughs> That's what it is. We're just we're dumb animals. Um, same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED do not get treated for it. Here's the good news. Roman has created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. It is a one-stop shop where U.S. physicians will diagnose ED ship medication right to your door. That means no waiting rooms, no awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can do it all online. Just visit GetRoman.com slash GameTheory. That's GetRoman.com slash GameTheory. You fill out a brief medical onboarding. You'll chat with the doctor. You'll get an FDA-approved ED med delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Uh, erectile dysfunction is a problem that most guys ignore, but the good news is with Roman, it is easy to take care of. So again, you get a free online visit by visiting GetRoman.com slash Game Theory. That's GetRoman.com slash Game Theory for your free online visit at GetRoman.com slash Game Theory. All right, let's get to it. You said you did uh, individuals and units as a whole, um, which is why we start with quarterback, because it is all about the backup and the third stringer and the practice squad quarterback when it comes to selecting the uh, all analytics, all pro selection <laughs> this season. I think it's. I mean, this is this is as easy as it comes, right? The, you the, know, the, the quarterback. For the number one, it's as easy as it comes. And, yes. I mean, no surprise here. Patrick Mahomes did come out on top. But I think yeah. the top three were interesting because of how closely they were spanned together. So, I, you know, typically so, – so, for example, if you're looking at how many wins someone helped contribute to – in a game, right? Like the, the absolute most you can get is, I guess, 16, right? Like this is a pure the only reason, but that's impossible. But if to, to get three quarterbacks that ended up in a point zero a point two two total span different, that was interesting for me. So it goes Patrick Mahomes with the lead. And then about one point point one less than that is Drew Brees. And then right after that, Andrew Luck. So no Tom Brady and no Aaron Rodgers in the top three, which I thought was kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess... You know, you think about Tom Brady on the road and the struggles that he had. So I guess if you kind of factor that in, it seemed like Andrew Luck was pretty darn consistent all season, save, you know, the one game, the weird game against Jacksonville, right, that he played terrible. Whereas Brady kind of had sort of odd games, you know, probably three of that. The, the Pittsburgh game was weird. Um, where well, they I mean, look at also ball, Stoney but, Michelle, right? So when you right. have, like, a really good run game and you're in less, like, Patrick Yeah, I'm Mahomes, sure he had a lot more runs yeah. than the other guys did. Yeah, so Patrick Mahomes – had a horrible defense to overcome, right? Like, right. so that's the kind of thing where, like, that will bump up your contribution. Like, if your contribution's, you know, 13, right, whatever, then you're, and your defense is minus 12 and you win one game. So point being is, you know, there there are there is interesting factors in both of those. So I thought it was interesting that, I mean, it goes, you know, Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom Brady are actually, like, number five and six. So, you know, it's it's, it's interesting because your guy Philip Rivers is actually number four. So the the interesting part for me was kind of how that top five netted out, how yeah. close they were. Yeah, I think for Philip, just those last three games, um, were, or four games really, were, were such a departure from what the first 12 were that I just assumed he would slide probably down to, like, six or seven. But, again, you know, if we're just kind of – Pointing one out, if you're forced to pick one, it's obvious. Uh, I mean, Pat yep. Mahomes was remarkable. The defense he had to deal with, uh, losing his starting running back halfway through the season, uh, losing an interior offensive lineman, well, uh, having, a th- I think, a good, not great offensive line all year. 
um, really was pretty. But then again, you think about the pass catchers, right? Okay, well, he's got arguably the the best receiver, at least the biggest game-changing receiver in the league, and the best pass-catching tight end. So he's, you know, I guess though, it all equates but, out, right? But think about it like this, though. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, he had one of the biggest game-changing wide receivers as well. Yeah. In fact, he had two that were really high. And right. James Conner was a very, very certain. He was, he was a very good running back. So the difference for Patrick Mahomes against uh, compared to a guy like... You know, oh, I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm right, just saying, like the, I think, you know... You see that the top two, the interesting part about the top two is that offensive diversity and ability to hit different receivers in different combinations in different formations, that's what really set them apart. So if you're highly efficient on many different routes in the route tree and like Drew Brees had I think 15 when it was all said and done through the playoffs 15 different receiver combinations netting in a touchdown so 15 different receivers caught a touchdown that's crazy it's an NFL record and then Patrick Mahomes the diversity of plays that they had like Tyree Kill in the slot Tyree Kill out wide you know Travis Kelsey in slot Travis Kelsey out wide like all of these different things that he had to contend with and you know the backup Damian Williams was really good but he wasn't as good as Kareem Hunt so you pointed out all those things and then the, the cool part about Andrew Luck obviously my model loves third down efficiency (laughs) and Andrew Luck to Eric Ebron that was an interesting one considering for much of the year T.Y. Hilton was at least banged up if not 100% he did have a good run game in Marlon Mack but you know that and he did get to stand behind that good O-line but it's like Drew Brees kind of had good O-line and like the running back and wide receiver he didn't have much perimeter speed but he had like they're all kind of missing one thing sure right so it's interesting all right, to the running backs. What to do you got? the running backs. All right, unsurprisingly, well, maybe, I don't know if you think it's surprising or not. I was allowed to pick two here. So the number one and number two ended up being Todd Gurley and Christian McCaffrey. Um, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, right? Because they do it in run and pass. Um, I mean, I guess for me, I, I would think um, I would think Kamara's in there. Kamara's um, fifth. Kamara's number five. I, I think the one that probably people wouldn't think of, but just kind of imagining what happened to a team when they shifted and leaned on Derrick Henry, uh, I would probably find him in there somewhere because he was also really good in pass block, um, really good in time of possession and ability to extend drives and do what that team needed to do to gain wins. Um, Unfortunately, he didn't start doing that until at least like the second half of the team, right? Like it's week 10. So you're right. When he was efficient, he was very efficient. But unfortunately, like for guys like Christian McCaffrey and Todd Gurley, they're like 16 games of that, right? Like it's, so it's not, I mean, they were, Gurley was hurt, but you know what I'm saying? Like the the percentage of plays and the the sheer volume just outweighs all that. I mean, one I thought would sneak in there would be Saquon Barkley because he did. Well, that's what I was going to say. He's three. Yeah. It depends what you want from your back, right? Right. If you want that full service, catch the ball to the backfield, you know, you're looking at McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Gurley. I mean, you know, Camara. I mean, there you go. Just, I don't know. The the thing though, is that the, the, the thing that really changed for Gurley was the, the different types of looks defenses were able to or not able to do when he was in the game. So the thing that my model factors and that maybe not everyone does is like, it's not only what their impact is when like, so in my model, actually Adrian Peterson flagged pretty high. He was in the top 10 because he changed the way defenses had to defend the team. So it's right. not just necess- – and he's not really that pass-catching guy that you think of, right? So it's really their, their complete con- – are you drawing more guys into the box? Are you keeping – are you giving your receivers a better opportunity to, like, have 
more open looks, not be double teamed, not get bracketed, stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's, you're right. These guys are kind of the dual threat guys. Well, Saquon didn't rush it as much, but whatever, you know, like, so like they are kind of more dual threat or at least pass, pass catching threats, but that's kind of a reflection of the way that the defenses were playing this season too. So it's a little chicken and a little egg in this one. I got you. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to mention just because I got to see him up close and got to go through all the numbers um, for all of the attention that Kyle Juszczyk gets as a fullback. Uh, James Deflin's your fullback of the year. Uh, oh, the yeah. Fact that, oh, I mean, for sure. You want to see one hundred percent fullback power and just, you know, it's coming and they know it's coming and try to stop it. And that dude was blowing holes all over the place. I mean, tossing dudes for Sony Michelle. You know, we're, um, you know what I think we'll see in the Super Bowl? Um, that we saw one we saw one time in the conference championship, but I think we're going to see more of, and then next year I think will be something that trends. Like we saw a lot of play action the past couple of years, and I think a trend that's coming back is a draw. And I think Devlin's going to be one of those key reasons why they're able to do that. The, like yeah. those ability. I mean, you if, when they the, the crazy thing was uh, going into that that divisional game, the stat that jumped out at me most was. When Devlin and Michelle are on the field together, the Pats run the ball. Like 90% of the time, yep. 88% of the time. Mm -hmm. And you can't stop it. And every time they do it, it's going for 4 to 15 yards. There's nothing. And a lot of that, and we'll get to your offensive lineman, but a lot of that goes to the interior of that line, Andrews, Shaq Mason, and and Joe Tooney, uh, and just how good the interior of that line is. So just wanted to mention that. All right, wide receivers, what do you got? Um, To me, it's easy. What, what, What is it? Well, it's funny because the number one, I thought, so in the beginning of the season when I did that wide receiver article, when, so when you factor in like broken tackles, ability to earn first downs, uh, ability to take the number one defender and just own them, it, it was Michael Thomas by a lot. And then since then, DeAndre Hopkins completely yeah. overtook him. Now, part of that is opportunity, right? Because everyone else got hurt for the, <laughs> for the Texans. So between, I mean, who was even left, right? Like Kiki QT? Okay, kind of, yeah. you know? So DeAndre Hopkins, number one, his ability to earn first downs, break tackles. You know, PFF says he didn't drop a single pass all season long. For me, That's it's crazy. It, for me, it's about how many times he changed the entire team's ability to earn a first down. And his his presence, even when they ran the ball, his presence made it so that the, he was like the re, like. So if you, it, it's hard to give you a percentage on this because like, what's good? Okay, well, like something like 30 is good. 30% is good. If 30% is kind of average, but not average, like above average, like a, a, good, a good number, right? If that's the threshold, DeAndre Hopkins is at 44 so gotcha. if that gives you some Way sort ahead. of right, like almost almost 150 percent, what a, what a good another good receiver would do. So for me, um, and again, maybe it's just bias because I saw him twice. Like n- n- nobody, nobody scares me like Tyreek Hill. Nobody. Tyreek Hill, I mean, he, it, it's the, like it's just it's, it's a different deal. It is a different when that guy moves, you freak out. When he is out in a route, you freak out. When he's returning a punt, you freak out. Just it is. That speed, the ability to get to that gear is so terrifying for a team that I think it opens up everything else unlike any other receiver in the league. When he's in motion, you can see it. You can just see defenses tense up. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's Stephon, he, like made, he made Stephon Gilmer look, look silly. You know what it's I mean? It's crazy. Like, that was that was crazy last his week. Ability, his ability to go out – Pat Mahomes does not have the year he has without that guy because he can throw it up and – 
unlike any receiver I have seen in a long time. He will go. It's like it's Randy Moss-esque. He will sprint and get to it. You you cannot throw the guy. He just no. he'll find a way to get to the ball. I think unlike anybody else. The only thing that dings him in my model per like based that's different like than than maybe because he is super super valuable. Don't get me wrong. I don't look at returns. I just looked at him strictly no, as I a receiver know. in this. Yeah. But ultimately, he's kind of. I mean. It doesn't ding him in real life because you really want a unit that's the most efficient, but it dings him in model speak because defenses still have to be – they have to honor Travis Kelsey. They have to honor pass-catching ability of Damon Williams. They have to honor Sammy Watkins when he's healthy. So the only thing that sort of dings him is that he's got, like, the best tight end and the best – you know what I mean? Like the, and the and So it's not that it dings him, but it sure. pushes him down to, like, six, but I guess right? the one thing about Michael Thomas is, you know, when you've got Kamara and Mark Ingram – you you have to commit guys into the box. You yeah. know you have to eat, you have to put a safety on Kamara. If you if you assign a linebacker to that guy, you're done. But so what like, other what, what other receiver or tight end are you worried about? You really worried about Benjamin Watson? No, you I'm just saying say? I think Kamara is that dynamic oh, of a talent. You're right. That, that you're right. He changes Absolutely, your defensive philosophy. He is. He is. And it's helps just out Michael Thomas. It's just well. a wealth for for the yeah. Chiefs. You know what I mean? So and of course I do need to acknowledge that Keenan Allen's the best route runner in the NFL. So Gotta he's number five. So it goes Hopkins, Thomas, Julio Jones. Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill. So if I tell you, you can pick one of those to put on your team next year. I only get one. You know, and with any quarterback just, or with? Uh, yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh, any. Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously it, it, that, that does matter. But let's just assume you have a not top five, but you have a top ten quarterback. Okay. Ten to five quarterback. Which one of those guys do you want? God. So – you know what's really weird is that I kind of want Julio Jones. <laughs> Julio Jones? That's fine. <laughs> because I know he didn't get in the end zone as much, but the, he, his, like, athleticism plus route running plus, like, Keenan may have him on route running. It's either Hopkins or, or Julio Jones for me. See, for me, it would be Keenan Allen or Hopkins. Yeah. It's Hopkins or Julio Jones. Like The route I, running's so imperative. That, that you trust, oh, this guy is going to but be like, exactly where I need him to be. Look at Julio Jones. I mean, Matt Ryan is a top 10 quarterback, and look at how Julio right. Jones performed right. this season. I don't know if I think – I mean, this season was a mess. They didn't have a good run. Like, they were they were a mess the whole time they were yeah. a mess. So, you know what's funny, though? So think consistent. about this. That's, like the, that's the prevailing opinion um, about the Atlanta offense, and I was thinking about it. No, so no, it's the Atlanta to- team. Their defense was more of a mess than the right. offense. Do right. you know what their offense was this year? What? Do you know what that offense was ranked this year? What do you mean? Like in what, total yards or what? Total yards, pretty what? much almost in almost all, like, like yeah, let's go points, yards, total offense. What do you think they were? Probably like seven. Six. Six. Hey, that was a pretty good guess. Six. By me. But I mean, you know people why? People are like, oh, Sark's terrible. He's garbage. Thank God he's out of here. We got Dirk Cutter in here. Hey, Cutter, <laughs> you're taking over the number six offense Great. in the good NFL. But that you was know what? not the problem in Atlanta. You, you take Julio. No, it wasn't. I didn't say that was a problem. I, no, no, no. I'm just saying. Right, I think that's right. what people talk about. Oh, that offense was broken. That Devontae Freeman was hurt. No, that offense was humming. No, their the defense, defense was, was a mess. mess. Yes, their yeah. defense was a big. I mean, they were all hurt from like week two. Keanu Neal, everyone was gone. Their entire middle yeah. of their defense which is totally hurt so that's why for me it's like my mind goes hopkins jones jones hopkins ah, ah. yeah all I, right to the tight end to the tight end all right this one was this is kind of funny that it went in this order but you have to remember again opportunity so you know kansas city chiefs are going to ding each other because they're all really really good so actually i had kittle ebron kelsey that's the order um kittle was huh. their all offense i'm surprised there's no Ertz. 
Ertz is, Ertz is actually Just because fourth. whenever, But I guess that's kind of like a when Carson Wentz was in there, Ertz was the guy. <laughs> when Nick Foles came in, you know, Ertz was no longer the singular target that was getting all those yeah. all those grabs. The other part about the other part about Ertz is that I I overvalue I mean, not over, but I add in a lot of blocking in different formations so that when they uh-huh. were in there, he was used mostly as a receiver with the, when, when it was Wentz. So it, it kind of got dinged for not block. Like, there just weren't it wasn't the opportunity to block as often as – they've got a good old line, so they didn't need him to do that. Yeah. He's like I mean, a receiver. I mean, I guess of all those guys, the only one that really does block of, uh, you know, I mean, Ebron doesn't block. Uh, no. Ertz doesn't block. No, but block. Ebron was their whole offense. Like, <laughs> no, no, I know for the time. Right? I'm just saying, like, Kittle does block. Kittle, Kittle is in line. Kittle's actually like – Kittle's actually really, really yeah, he'll highly hook a guy rated. In the end, no question. Yeah, and um, he was, and he was their their number one receiver. He was he blocked like, like, look, I don't like Detroit, you yeah. know that, but Detroit had good blocking tight ends. I hate to admit it, it pains me. Yeah. It almost pains me as much as saying nice things about Ndamukong Sue. But yeah, Kittle blocking was better than Detroit, and Detroit had some good pass blocking yeah. tight ends. No, he was he was he was good blocking. So that makes sense to me. I mean, I'm I'm totally fine with that. I would probably. I think is as great as Ebron was in the red zone and all those touchdowns. I'd still put Kelsey over him. I think I, mean, I think I think it's more about um, opportunity. So like the volume number drove that so high from because just because for so many times he was their only red zone opportunity. So he was drawing horrible coverages and still making grabs. You know those red zone touchdowns do yeah. matter. <laughs> As it turns out. Okay. Now, how do you want to do offensive line? You want to do as a group? Um, so I only picked cause... I I only picked five total. And I, okay. I was I stayed pretty true to their position. So um, just run through them. Yep. So Teron Armstead is okay. number is number one at the left tackle position, left tackle. which is super hard for me. Um, okay. okay. This one's a surprise at left guard, going all the way to yeah, Tampa. Quentin Nelson. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I was surprised that it wasn't Quentin Nelson. Uh, he had a few too many penalties and a few too many. Um, so Ali Marpet. Okay. Tampa Bay. Odd. Super crazy. The pass blocking number for him was ridiculous. The, he, they didn't run very often, so he was kind of the bright spot and like a not so great spot of their lineup. Like he, you know, they did a better job than it might than it might like their unit. Right. That, that them as That's a unit just, did better. That seems weird to me. Um, Tiny bit over Nelson. Yeah, I don't know, and and it's always hard for me. Like that's why I, it's hard for me to go individuals i just kind of think of units well i have the have highest no, you know. unit though i have the highest yeah. unit you'll see it. i mean obviously that one's easier but sorry so go ahead uh yep. center right guard right tackle center jason kelsey who why didn't he go to the pro bowl don't know yeah that doesn't make sense to me so i was shocked at right guards that it's shaq mason that's a patriot as opposed yeah, see, that to that doesn't surprise me just because like i said running that power with with devlin and, and michelle and just that interior of of uh tooney andrews and mason was so good all year. And think about Tom Brady. And, you know, he had very little pressure up the middle. All of his pressure came edge uh, for those sacks that he was taking. Yep. And he didn't take a lot this season. But it was all edge pressure. You mentioned that Trent Brown got a lot better he did. late in the season, and especially in the playoffs. But, man, those ends were leaky. Um, and the, the interior of that line was good. Um, and especially – so think about it, right? The the interior to run power between those tackles and the A and B gaps with Devlin and Michelle. And then just to have all those nice leaks – you know, for James White, just to kind of take those dump offs and, and how good he was with those. To me, that's all interior of the line holding up while you set up those screens or those smoke routes. Um, I'm afraid so, yeah, of their left guard, but Shaq Mason. I'm I'm a little more afraid of their left guard, but I think their right the right their right guard's good. 
You know, I I don't know. I'm I'm a little I'm a little afraid. Yeah. I'm a little afraid for them. For we'll get into that next week. But I want to okay. say Marshall Yanda was really highly rated too at Red yeah. Guard. And then Joel year. Batonio. Am I saying that right? <laughs> Batonio. Yeah, Batonio for yeah. Cleveland. Yep, Cleveland. Those guys were all good. Right guards okay. actually surprisingly stronger than left guards. So like the guys at the top, like the um, Marpet and Nelson. Like there, there's a few right at the top, and then right. like a huge drop off, which was I think also very interesting. So yeah, I mean it's not. I don't look. You know, I measure again, all their me, hits. I'm gonna tell you individuals. How I, do it. I don't know because I, I have no idea what their blocking assignments are, what they're trying to do on every snap. So I just kind of think of so that is that kind of like interior unit for for New England or for Dallas and what they want to do with Zeke or even to some degree for um, for the Rams, you know, and what they were able to do and and holding that pocket up for for Jared Goff and Sullivan and. Um, and, uh, geez, who am I forgetting? Saffold. Saffold, yeah. Uh, Roger Saffold. So. Yeah, so here, here's what I measure. Like, I measure their butts, and I measure their, their ankles, and I measure which direction they're going, and I measure how much they get pushed back as a unit. And then it's actually, like, very much that goes into this, like, to make them individuals because then you see, like, what's normalized and then, like, what they are versus what they're – like, if you were – so I try to, like, figure, like, if, if I could drop one onto into another team or, you know, why is – you know, there's no – Cowboys in here you'll see which is really right. weird because Zach Martin is ridiculous and Zach Martin is absolutely right. I one mean of the best right guard wise like Zach for sure but it was a little different this season like there's some things where he just got beat where he normally hadn't like the, it's just it's interesting until he, and then he obviously got hurt so right. that's a little different too so part of it is availability other ones consistency and it's consistency on every down it's consistency running consistency there's a lot like if i could show you, it's kind of embarrassing how much sp- time i spend measuring like gigantic people's butts hey, but like whatever. you can do what you got to do yeah right? yeah one more gigantic person here and that is mitchell swartz right time. yeah makes sense he got makes sense he got a little towards the end of the season and the playoffs it was a little like a little shakier but all season long he was excellent solid yeah very excellent see that. Cool, and I already mentioned New England, um, Pittsburgh. No, none of the none of the Steelers in there, but that was a really good offensive line, particularly. So Foster, as a unit, Castro, Pouncey in the middle. Yep, as a unit, it goes Indy, then actually Chicago, yes. then Pittsburgh, then New England. So that, okay. that's unit wise, which is right. interesting because Chicago, we're, we're about to get into defense, but like. It's really Chicago's very close, right? Like their defense, they have a lot of great. Like they've got their defense is nasty, and then you got this O line. Like they just need to get a few more pieces on their offense, and right, they could be really scary. Okay. I mean, they already are really scary, but scarier. Um, because I know you won't do it. I'm going to <laughs> do it. Uh, punter Johnny Hacker. Okay. Honorable mention Michael Dixon. Yep. Or I should say Michael Dixon. <laughs> Up in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> no, Hacker for sure. Keeker. Um, boy, oh boy, kicker. I'm going to rack my brain here, and this is this is great listening right here. Oh, yeah. Well, kicker, kicker, kicker. Obviously, you know, recency bias says Zerline, right? Um, because the guy just booted a 57-yarder, and we all know he's got plenty of leg. Um, Will I mean, Lutz. look. Okay. But he gets to kick indoors. Yep. All right, that's good enough for me. I, I mean, you also forgot. Honorable mention, the most Michael ob- Badgley. You almost had a fifty-nine you, yarder. You just forgot the one, though. I mean, what? Justin Tucker. Oh yeah, Tucker. Yeah, that's right. Because that's like you know why I forgot him? Because you want to try to like take him out of your mind. Because he was bad in the two games I saw him. Yeah. Crazy, right? But... Guy has he's the best kicker in the NFL. Yep. 
missed two field goals in that Saturday night game against the Chargers. I mean, and then yeah. in the playoff game, missed a huge field goal. This was a that year for a misses. Difference. This was a year for misses. That's yeah. that's for sure. So that's probably why he just didn't pop into mind because the two experiences I had in games that I was calling, yeah, he had hiccups, which were so uncharacteristic of him all season long. Think about the only – I think it was the only extra point he's ever missed in his career was that game that right. they lost by one because he missed the extra point at, at the end of regulation. It's a crazy I mean, year for him. I know. But, like, so I guess maybe I'm looking to see, like, what I have on here and – I. <laughs> My answer is Will Lutz. So just remember, oh, you, you know, whatever. <laughs> there All it right, is. so the defense and the uh, the D linemen. So we don't even need to talk about Aaron Donald. That's uh, that's, that's an He's obvious one. He's number one, one and that one's yeah. by a mile. So, uh, number one by a long shot. No surprise. Yeah. What else? Well, and then if you want to stay on the interior, then it goes Fletcher Cox, then Chris yes. Jones. And it's very close, actually. See, I think I would have thought Chris Jones over Cox. As good I thought as Cox so too. is. Let me be honest. I thought so, too. Because I would say this, like the one thing that jumps out at me about Chris Jones, and I don't know if you have this in your model, tell me if you do, uh, tip passes. That dude tips more balls and is so good with his timing because he's a giant. He's 6'6", and man, is he good at getting his hands up. No, he's, it's super close. It's like that same margin, like .1 different. The, The bigger problem or the bigger situation is that, D Ford, Justin Houston, Chris Jones, they're all so good at stopping the pass, but they're not all equally good at stopping the run. And right. Fletcher Cox had yeah, a higher a point. run defense that's a great point. addition to the model. No, so, you're absolutely right. There is no question. He is infinitely better right. than Aaron Donald and Chris Long at stopping the run. Long and, and Donald are looking to get uphill on every snap. Or get, that's just like a different one, right? Like, so like if you think yeah. about it, it's like no, it's Donald point. with like 100% at – Pass rushing, yeah. and then Donald is good is good against the run, but he gets chipped and doubled, and he, that's not going to work out. He's, but like, he, I mean, uh, that you're being polite. He's terrible against the run. Fletcher Cox terrible. against the he run is, is a scary, yeah. scary man. As is Akeem Hicks in Correct. Chicago. Akeem Hicks. So. See, that's the thing is like Chicago's defensive front. Like it kind of because they're also good. It kind of pushed people right. down, right? So then, and then if you want to go honorable mention on yeah, to the ends in the interior, oh, honorable mention for the interior, just Damon Harrison. Which again, I don't like giving uh, any whatever lions any with look. your lions. Yeah, run stopping though. That's the other. That's the thing where he just okay. flagged is just ridiculous. Then if you want to go on the edges, JJ so, Watt. There's one. Oh, I was gonna say immediately Khalil Mack. He's two. I mean, there's that. That's that JJ Watt's just... one. Like I, I actually sure. that was surprising to me. <laughs> um, I know yeah, it's I don't not think that's surprising. It's surp- you know, but to me, like I would assume. Yeah, I guess it's surprising because I would have assumed that much like Donald in a runaway, that Khalil Mack in a runaway. Nope. I mean, he is just such. When you ask around, and I mean, you know, you talk to this, a lot of the same people I do. They just say, dude, there's nothing like him. It's it's like trying to slow down a bull. I mean, he will pick up a 330-pound guy with one arm and just toss him aside like a rag doll. There's nothing like Khalil Mack in the NFL. And J.J. Watt, though, against the run, is that's that's what – Right. Like, that's the thing. Is like we all think about, like, nasty sacks, but, like, if you balance, like, on every single down. Like, J.J. Watt, the Texans, did their defensive front, like, did not let people rush against them. They did not. On first down where things were tra- – like – he was a big reason why for that. So that's right. why he – and it's, again, it's like J.J. Watt, Khalil Mack, way up top. And then after that, like a little bit of step down, and then it's Cam Jordan and Calais Campbell. Right. And that's, oh, really? That's, I would have thought D. Ford might have been in there too. You know, I would have so too. so good at rushing the passer. I would have too. But he's he's right. actually down a little bit further. But okay. it, that was kind of amazing to me. I, I'm All surprised. Right. Um, linebackers, I have one that immediately pops into mind as someone who probably separates considerably from the rest of the pack. 
Bobby Wagner. Okay, yeah, he's one. <laughs> right? He's, he's yeah. like number one yeah. by a giant margin. He's number one by a, a big amount. Now, the the interesting part about him in this season in particular was the fact that his defense got – so, like, in the beginning of the season, their defense was figuring it out. They're young. They're coming together. And defense is actually – they saw a nice swing up – as the season continued, and that's why the Seattle Seahawks were, you know, basically in position to like, you know, to to make a run, right? Like we were like, well, they came out of nowhere. We didn't expect. Well, their defense kept getting better, and you know what's funny though is that Bobby Wagner was the known entity on this defense, and he kept getting better every single game. So he started off really right. strong, and then he also, as the team got better, his his con- individual contribution didn't drop off. He kept going like like higher and higher each time. It was pretty amazing, actually. Oh, I bet. I bet, and I'm trying to think if there's anybody. Is there, is there anyone else? There's that two that. So Bobby Wagner's the like pole position, and then okay. a little bit lower it goes Darius Leonard and Luke Keegley. And okay. part, remember, like I was surprised that neither of the Cowboys kind of flagged, but because both of them were so good, they kind of stole from each other's glory. You know what I'm saying? So here's here's something funny about Darius Leonard. What's I was talking to someone about him, mm-hmm. and I'm not taking anything away from him. He was great this year, no question. But how about this name? And you should know it because it's from your neck of the woods. Um, not East Lansing, but just right up the road. Cato <laughs> June. Yep. Linebacker, Michigan, drafted by the Colts, pro bowler, piled up a gazillion tackles um, because that's how they set up their defense. They set it up to funnel to that one guy who was like that hybrid safety linebacker. But you still have to do it. You still have to do it, but it's set up. I think for people that are like, holy God, we should have had this guy on our team. And it's like, yeah, maybe, but just know that's how that defense is set up. It is set up to funnel to Darius Leonard to make the tackles, um, which is why he's always going to have big numbers. You're right. He has to execute, but just kind of know other guys, Bobby Wagner's flying around the field a lot more from sideline to sideline than Absolutely. Darius Leonard is. The the thing that so what stands about Darius what stands out about Darius Leonard in this situation is so there's two ways like let's just look at the run game, right? First. And there's two ways. Like you have a good like if you get through that first level of your defense, you have to clean up when everyone missed the missed their assignment or a, a, you know, a lane was open that sure. you know, gap integrity, right? Like that's the first like potential way that a linebacker needs to be effect- effective. And the second in the run game. And then the second is like on outside runs like getting the heck out of there to get to get to the actual rusher, right? So inside outside like that's kind of that's two ways to break it down. And then you also have to potentially handle coverage. And the, the hard part is, is like, unless you have a high talent level, you can't do all three. You can't execute all three of those responsibilities, two in the pass or two in the run, one in the pass, and then clean up everyone else's mistakes from the, the people in front of you. He just right. did it better than – like, you're right. It is a system that – the word like, tackles aren't the reason why. It's positioning. Like put it this way. If I tell you – if I tell you you can have uh, – let's just go both rookies. You're going to have Darius Leonard or Leighton Van Der Esch. Who do you want? Like, to me, it's not close. I mean, I'm taking Le- Leighton Van Der Esch all day. You know, that's interesting because I don't know. I think I would actually go with Darius Leonard because, well, it depends, obviously, what's my system. Like, what what am I going to be asking from him? You know what I mean? Like, because, like. I just think, you know, kind of a do-everything linebacker. You know, I, I want you to pass the ru- rush the passer at times. I want you in coverage. Uh, I expect you to, to be, you know, one of the best run support linebackers in the league. Like, to me, I, like. I thought I felt like Leighton Van Der Esch displayed a Look, better I'm, full I, range skill set than Darius I Leonard. Know. I think Darius Leonard just had a lot of 
a lot of giant tackle numbers. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I it's it's your op, you, these are two great options. I don't think you sure. can go wrong in either direction. I think the Leighton Vanderash one for me, you've got Demarcus Lawrence. You've got you've got pressure coming from a lot of different places along that yeah, defensive that's front. Fair. So I don't know. I mean, Denico Autry, like you know, like are like Autry, like he's good, but like that's not Demarcus Lawrence. No, I'm just. Off that I, edge, I guess kind know? of what the point I'm making is when you look at it, when you when you watch games or you watch film, to me, Darius Leonard does not pop like Jalen Smith or Leighton Van Der Esch, or but specifically Bobby Wagner or Luke Keekley, Those guys pop like damn look well, at the, those guys the problem is that, to the problem is that Pan- well in Luke Kuechly's case the Panthers defense really tr- had a huge drop off at the end of the season and so Luke was in really horrible situations so he was like that's why he kind of dropped I think the Panthers didn't make they like they like bombed their way out of the playoffs they were set up to go to the playoffs sure. and they just like lost their way out of the playoffs so that's what happened there but I, between Darius Leonard and Leighton Van Der Esch, about watching film like you're right but also the net yards when they're on the field, given like who's surrounding them, I just, th- I mean, look, like you have better corners. You have uh, not to be, you know, mean to the corners for the, for, you know, Indianapolis, but you can pass on them. Right. So it's not, I don't know. I, 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 I still might go Darius Leonard. I think I might go with Leonard. Well, all right. It's fine. Well, all right. Well, all right. Oh, and by the way, honorable mention, yeah. Zach Brown, <laughs> Washington, who knew? All right. To the cornerbacks, Cynthia. Mm-hmm. Do you have a guess mm-hmm. as to who's number one? Um, bah, 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 bah. Let me think. Who would I guess would be the number one corner? Uh, boy. They're on a I really a good defense. I think I would pro- – and, again, it's probably recency bias, but, I mean, I watched Stephon Gilmore in back-to-back weeks put on a freaking clinic. So, I guess that probably – He's number Pat three. Peterson always comes to mind. Um. You know, yeah, Gilmore's, that sounds about Gilmore's right. Gilmore's number three. Okay. Got Kyle Fuller for All right, you. not bad. Way to go, Little, little Kyle Fuller. Kyle, little, oh, uh, yeah, Kyle Fuller. Yep, I can't say his name, and it's a really easy name, but Kyle Fuller. So it's it's the positioning. It's the, like, look, like, interceptions are a big deal, but that you can't really necessarily, you, like, you can get more interceptions if you put yourself in the right position. So it's all about positioning and having the right angle and your hips being in the right direction to be able to make those plays. And so not only did he get, like, the interceptions that, are the weird lucky ones that bounce off things that you can't really that you can't really plan for. But he also put himself in the position to bat down passes, to take over, take a, get those big takeaways. He was a big reason that those takeaways all happened for that defense, and it wasn't necessary. It was because he played tight coverage, but not just tight coverage, coverage on the right side with his hips going the right direction, his feet going the right direction. So Kyle Fuller, number one. Okay. Chris yeah, Harris I'm, I'm Jr., number that. two. Chris Harris, before he got hurt, always going to be great. But again, when you got Bradley Chubb coming off one end and Von Miller off the other, it's a lot easier to be a more dominant. Yeah, but corner. Kyle Fuller had Khalil Mack. And That's what I mean. Hicks, Khalil, right? so, so think about who we're talking about, right. right? You got Khalil Mack, probably you know who I thought was the best pass rusher this season. So you Fuller gets Khalil Mack, Chris Harris gets Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. That you're going to see a theme, I would imagine, in corner grades. Um, you know, if you're put out on a freaking island <laughs> for too long, it's going to be hard to get a great grade. So, you know, um, the, this it's interesting though because let's look at like if you go down to number five, it's uh-huh. Xavier Howard, who has the same number of takeaways as Kyle Fuller, and he had right. a crap for a pass rush. Yeah. So it's interesting because Xavier Howard, who is a Pro Bowler, which I'm glad that worked out, and yeah, from yeah. Miami, he um 
he got himself in the right position. So he actually was on an island, and he did perform really impactfully. Yeah. So there are a few, you know. Yeah, to me, that's more impressive. Yeah. Just, but again, you can't pick your teammates. You know, hey, whatever. So Kyle Fuller was great. What, what am I supposed to do? Not play Unless with Khalil Eli Mack? Manning. No, that's the then reality. Then you can pick it. You can't pick it, so. <laughs> um, and then work. your guy Dez, he's right after Xavier Howard. Desmond King, yeah. I mean, yep. as as far as slot corners go, uh, yep. zone corners, he's he's fantastic. My problem, my I mean, I, I'm gonna have to ask. I'm gonna have to ask the coach when I see him next. I want to know, be like, Coach Lynn, why are you playing him on special teams? I know not like why are you playing him every special? Like maybe if you need something special at the end of a game or you're it's a close whatever. Why don't you mean do as a it? Punt returner? Yeah, no, I don't like it. Oh, he's too well. I mean, Tyree Kill returns punts. I don't care. I, I don't do think either don't one. Care. I don't think either one of them should be doing that. They probably lose two games if he's not a punt returner. They they probably lose that Pittsburgh I, game and they probably lose. Yeah, um, but like, what about those games that? I don't know. It makes me nervous. I, yeah. I'm curious. Well, about I mean, it. I, I think it has changed so much. Punt return and kick return have changed so much um, with the new rules. Yeah. That Fair. the the. Fair probability for injury is not quite what not as much worried about was. injury as I am about like see at least with Tyreek Hill on offense it's a little different but like if you're on defense and you're getting like crushed on defense and then you're playing extra snaps on you know punt return like what like sit oh, see, down to me, that's get, better don't get tired. I think it's, like I mean I think it's better if you are a defender because you're bringing the heat like you're not it's not coming from somewhere you don't suspect yeah. it um, yeah, no, I think, yeah, no, I, I would, I would really push back on that. He's such a good punt returner. I know I he's think so good impact, at it, but it's just, I don't know. I, there's got to be his a, impact in there's got to be a pitch know, count for some of it though. Cause gosh, what, all it takes is one. And then you have horrible, like those slots that he's going to, that, that the way he defends, I don't know. I, I just, it scares me yeah, no, every I time I hold my breath. Through, I would think if you were to go through just team by team, um, who returns punts, I think you would find a pretty high number of every down players. Um, you know, Pat Peterson did it for – he was the best cover corner in the league, and he did it yeah. for I – I think he probably still does Pat it. Peterson, Pat Peterson just fell off – fell out of the top six, which I just have listed here. He gave up a bunch of deep touchdowns. Now, that's not – right. and they also had a really lousy team overall. Like, think about who – yeah, Julian Edelman returns punts for the Pats. Also uh, terrible. Like he's 32 years old. Like what is he doing doing that? See what I mean? No. But I think that's it's, it's that important. Like that is such an important. I know. Um, I just hate it. I hate it. Position or at least weapon uh, to have. So yeah, that. I think you. I, I think coach would probably look at you and he'd be like, "Why wouldn't I have him back there?" But like, he's why would you do returner. it? I don't know. Like, like I've seen you guys be up by a bunch and him still do it. So why yeah. I don't know I don't like it. Anyways, it makes me nervous. I just think he's too valuable. That's you had funny. no one left in your defensive backs. Like what? What do you like? Why? What do we? But doing I, here? yeah, I think that's. I think it's one of those where you don't often see punt returners get blown up to a point that they're out for the season. Like that's not necessarily a play. Kickoff return. You know, and I'm not talking about being the kick returner. I'm talking about coverage. <laughs> that's where guys can get hurt. Um, and, and he was taken off those, as was Austin Eckler. Yeah. Um, you know, those guys kind of went in and out. But, the, gosh, I'll tell you, Cynthia, like it is – special teams have become so important. Absolutely. Look at the Saints. Um, their punter you know, and their kicker are both ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it has absolutely. become so important. Same with the Rams. I think you're starting – you know, you're starting to see um, more and more players, you know, big-time players on I special team units because they're just so – like think about Adrian Phillips and how important he is to the Chargers defense. Uh, yeah, he's and probably he – th- You know, he was your pro bowler special teamer. He was so good in coverage – 
as good as he was, as, as important as he was as that sort of fifth, you know, linebacker slash defensive back, he was too valuable in coverage because they were getting gashed before he was out there. Um, anyway. Yeah. Safeties. Okay, another Chicago Bear. Eddie Jackson's number one. So, it, again, it, to the, the fact is what this tells me and what this should tell you is that the most impactful defense overall this season, by far, Chicago. Chicago. I mean, that doesn't right. that and that passes the eye test, the smell test, whatever you want to call it. That's that's interesting. Second most, second highest rated safety in the model, Kevin Bayard. Am I saying his last name? Kevin right? Bayard. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah, Tennessee. Not Derwin, huh? Derwin's three. <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Kevin's three. Yeah, I wouldn't have been Kevin's surprised two. if Derwin was one, but I guess Eddie Jackson had a really good year. Um, and then, by the way, I my guess, guy Harry Smith's four. Harrison Smith's yeah, four. I don't know if. I mean, it's good, and both of those guys are great. I just don't think either are nearly as versatile as Derwin is um, in terms of the ability to play all over. Play as, you know what I mean? I, and, and look, whatever. That, that That's not their skill it's, set. Their skill set is being a safety and doing what they're asked to do, and they do it at a very high level. Yeah, no, I mean, Eddie Jackson is about – Eddie Jackson's a decent – he separates himself quite a bit from the pack, but Kevin Bayard and Derwin James are pretty close. Same, and then Harrison Smith's right behind. It's not like a – like they're not – it's not all bunched at the top like the quarterbacks were. It's right. – it's. I mean, Jackson's pretty darn good. But, yeah, I mean, the funny thing about this whole discussion as we wrap it is, you know, you can't have a problem with any of it. <laughs> all of these players are great. Okay, fine. Someone will have a problem with one. it, I'm sure. He's two, not four. He's, he's five, <laughs> not three. It's like, okay, yeah, they're – of the uh, 32 teams, here are the best three at it. And Look, um, no question. Yeah, I have very little issue with with any of that. Well, I wanted to come up with some people to like like on the on the up, right? And it's going to be interesting because as we look towards free agency and towards the draft, which, you know, it's senior bowl week, so you can't help but do that. It's going to be interesting to see where a lot of – this is a really big free agent year. So it's going to be interesting. And then there's also some weird unicorns in the ether, like Lev Bell and potentially Antonio, Antonio Brown, Brown. Right. So it's, you know, like some of these people were, we'll probably have some good notes at the beginning of next season about, you know, like who I'm, I'm spending a lot of time this off season looking at specifically safeties and linebackers. I'm kind of obsessed with, that's like my new, Oh, I'm always obsessed with O linemen, but now I'm like really looking into the safety and linebacker position because I'm so curious what the evolution of defenses are now that we have these versatile running backs, like the Camaras and the Christian McCaffrey's of the world that are really more pass catchers than they are, you know, true, true every down back right. right like two downhill running back so it'll be interesting to see like I'm, I'm really curious to see like this safety position and the way that tight ends are used and the way that the pass game has evolved like that's going to be like where some of these people end up and their opportunities can be severely limited or made greater by what goes on with free agency right I Makes, I, and, and I think you, you just hit it on the head the way running backs are being used now uh, linebackers and safeties are so important yeah, um, you've got to have a linebacker that can get sideline to sideline, can cover, can hit, can can run support. They have to, or else you're done. I mean that that's, it's just with these offenses that you know that, that look like high school offenses, um, it's crazy. You know how how things have changed and how you yeah, have like to Derwin. Adapt. Derwin is by far to me the steal of the draft. Like I said it right when it happened, and then I'm glad that at least that one came true. If I'm going to make all these predictions, darn it. But he's a steal of the draft going as low as he did. I mean, it's he's still a first-round pick, but going as low as he, he did, the difference in the run game specifically this, this year was, I mean, 
and you guys oh, yeah. lost a bunch of uh, you know tons of injuries in your secondary so it was interesting to see like that those are the type of people in the draft who keep an eye on for it, right like yep. obviously you got a good pass rusher sure you need a pass rusher great go take the guy from Kentucky you know like hopefully he goes in the um, AFC East so that Josh Allen can sack Josh Allen I just want that to happen but apart from that um, narrative you know like of course you need those guys but like the guys were really going to matter is like your linebacking and safety court like that's going to be such a huge deal yeah I'm all over no that. No question. I'm all over it. Well, we will do that in the off season. Next yeah. week we'll do our speaking Super Bowl of speaking of that. Pod. I hope I hope we get. Oh, I, can, I hope we see some great people. Super Bowl week we'll get some good some good um, interviews. Of course you will. But thank you for downloading, listening, streaming, all of those fun things. We'll be back again next week with some great interviews and Super Bowl preview conversation with those twenty thousand simulations. Thanks to Sean Shoppy, the enemy of fun, Mark Brady, and of course Cynthia and her fancy model friend. Thank uh, you, money. Certainly. Yeah. Come on. I'm the last person to thank. But thank Gosh. you for downloading, streaming, listening, sharing on social media. We'll be back next week.